James. Raf. Welcome home. Thank you. It's good to be back. Now, I know a lot of you are free listeners, but there is a large number of you too who are paid listeners and you'll be pleased to know that your money is going to a good place because we've sent James to SF to get on the ground to test out the Vision Pro. And you've returned from SF, from San Francisco, California, the United States, States of America. Yeah. I didn't end up using the, the Vision Pro. Well, that's why we sent you there. Yeah. Well, There's six months of premium subscriptions of Downround. Yeah, completely burned to a crisp. So I could go over and give the Vision Pro a crack. And look, let me tell you, like, this isn't obviously an admin episode, but I just want to say that we probably could have had like any plan for how I was going to make that happen. Because mm-hmm. you just put me on a plane to San Francisco with the instruction, like, find an Apple Vision Pro and give it a go. Strap it on. Yeah. And I was door knocking for, <laughs> I'm going to, I reckon, like, north of five days, walking the streets of San Francisco, pounding on apartment doors. Yeah. Just being like, do you have an Apple Vision Pro in here? Well, at least tell us what that was like. Is it true that the libs have ruined San Francisco? The libs have ruined San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, I had a look around and it's not looking great over there. I'm going to be honest with you in old SF. You know, I'm not going to give a full pass to, you know, the David Sachs and Jason Calacanis's of the world. Mm. But that being said, the downtown area of SF is looking basically as bad as any major American city I've ever been to. <laughs> but let me just say there may be an unbelievable amount of human misery happening in the downtown area of San Francisco mm-hmm. right now. On the flip side of the coin, they got driverless cars. Yeah, they exist. They exist, and you actually do see them puttering around, around quite a lot. So if you're just walking through downtown SF or in Haight-Ashbury or the Hayes Valley or areas around there, you will see driverless cars. Cars with no driver. Car with literally no driver mm. just shooting around. And you can order them. If you're in the beta program for cruise or whatever, you can order yourself a driverless car to come pick you up when you've been on the piss. And- before we get into the actual episode of the day, like honestly, I think we've been quite critical of driverless cars, or at least critical of the position that they were round the corner that people were espousing six years ago, i.e. in 2016 saying they'll be here by 2022. How close are we? Maybe, well, look, yeah, I'll give a mea culpa that I knew that there were driverless cars around in SF. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see as many of them as I saw. I was there for about... I don't know, five or six days, and I, I probably saw a driverless car a few times a day. And there you can spot them from a mile off because they've got heaps of clunky equipment sticking out of them. Mm. But unfortunately, I didn't get to ride one. I almost almost did. I was with someone who was in the beta program for cruise. But I will say it doesn't seem completely ready for prime time. Mm. Everyone was freaking. There was a story there, like a local story, that like a, a driverless car had run over a dog recently. And... The thing I think that really sticks out in my mind is that I saw one. There was a guy who had stopped his car. He had obviously decided, intended to pull over on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and he was sort of just like staring at his phone. But he was his car was kind of sticking out a little bit more from the the footpath than you would expect. Mm. And there was a cruise car stuck behind him with nobody in it, just like spazzing out. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like reversing, then going forward and trying to go around him, then pulling back, then pulling out. It was a sorry scene. It was a, re- <laughs> and I was looking at that and just had like visions crash into my mind of that happening in like every metropolitan area all around the world. And it's got a real like, 
sort of thing. Like, like a non-human kind of look to it. Yeah, totally. There was like a bunch of people behind it. And before this car had arrived, they were just going around this guy, yeah. as you would, yeah, yeah. as any like normal driver. But this one was just like shooting back and forth and like freaking out. Completely empty. Nobody in it whatsoever. <laughs> it was a real chilling sight. And like, you know, I was speaking to my friend over there who is part of this beta program and, and has used driverless cars to you know, get back from being out or whatever. And he said that um, they're not bad, but they do do things that are just like baffling that a human Uber driver, for example, will never do. Yeah. Like if you order one and then it's coming from the opposite direction and it arrives on the other side of the street from you, mm. an Uber driver will probably like roll down the window or message you, I'm here, yeah. and expect you to kind of run, ar- run across the road and meet them, mm. which is part of like the human social contract in 2023. <laughs> yeah. If the Uber driver's down the side of the road, you go over. Yeah. But instead- these driverless cars will like do a full loop of the whole block yeah. to come back around on your side. As well as like obeying all laws, so, right? Which, which can take a fang a Yui. So, exactly, which which can take like 10 minutes in traffic for it to like ride back around. So I don't know if it's totally, yeah, for the rest of my life, I think, until I die, whenever I hear someone mention driverless cars, I'm just going to think about that car just be like back and forth, unable to like, tackle the problem of, like, going 30 centimetres to the left to go around this, like, moron on his phone. No, but we are here to revisit the Vision Pro, the Apple headset that we previewed several weeks ago. Which, like, obviously we're a little bit late. Like, all the pundits have had their say. But They've had their say. And that was intentional. We didn't want to fly off the handle and just freak out. I didn't want to just respond to Apple PR no. or Apple marketing. No. Um, I wanted to respond to people who were responding to Apple PR. Exactly. We wanted to be one order removed from Apple PR. And you were in And I was SF. also I was in America, so we, we didn't have uh, time. So, we instead, we posted our episode about Swimply, which I hope you all enjoyed. Mm-hmm. A bit off the beaten track from your average downright episode, but uh, the feedback has been unbelievably good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, more use of the C word was some feedback I got. So, anyway, like, let's go back in time. So, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we discussed... What the rumors said about what the Apple headset would be. Yeah. What it turned out to be, I think, was definitely more on the AR side of like the VR AI. We mentioned in the the episode a few weeks ago, I haven't gone back and listened, but this is just me recalling what I would have said. Apple was all about AR, all about AR, but then all of the rumors suggested they were going to release a VR headset because AR just wasn't ready. But the reason the rumors obviously were all VR is that it's not like glasses. It's not like glasses that you can kind of project some vision onto but like otherwise you're seeing through kind of a pane of glass at the real world it is two super hd high refresh rates screens with a shitload of cameras that are just showing you the real world in in high definition that supposedly is basically indistinguishable from like looking outside of glasses with Anytime you are in a kind of a, a virtual world, people are able to kind of come in and interrupt. You can see people who are within a certain field of vision, et cetera, et cetera. I.e. it's kind of closer to AR or as they don't, they don't use AR or VR, obviously. No, they? I mean, the, the, I think the, the important thing to note here is that what they are doing instead is they're leaning into this spatial computing. Yeah, spatial paradigm. computing, mixed reality kind yeah, of. Yeah. 
And not, not even like barely even that. Like they're yeah. just talking about they like this is the new paradigm for computing. It's going to involve, you know, interacting with things in three-dimensional space and having things projected directly in front of your eyeballs, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So they've really lent into this like spatial computing moniker. That is one thing that as we probably continue in the episode that I do want to touch on, like all of the terminology they used, like they were really trying to distinguish themselves from everyone every, else. Yeah. Everyone else with like spatial computing. That's a new terminology. It makes perfect sense. Don't you, the branding is good. It's Apple. You know, I have had some quibbles with some of their naming over the years. Ultraverse Max. Let's not get into that debate That's, again. We can't, we can't go back to that. Sad day for Darren. But, you know, spatial computing, I, I do actually like it as a term, spatial computing. It's, it's interesting. We should talk about like what it actually is for the people that haven't weren't following this. Yeah, yeah. Not fully in on thing. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, Apple announced the Apple Vision Pro, which we had talked about in the weeks before that they were about to do so. It turned out they were. It's a pair of chunky goggles that you strap to your face. It's got a battery pack to connect yeah, to the cable. They're right about that. The yeah. rumors. Yeah, no, totally. And you know, a lot of the the Bloomberg reporting or whatever had been that. That was like one of the big content internal contentions. Mm. That they were like, we can't release something that has a weird battery pack connected with the cable. It's not Apple. They obviously have done that. They kind of look like big fat ski goggles. They did a, a presentation that basically showed, I think, a fairly not particularly ambitious vision. Basically, everything they described you can already sort of do for the most yeah. part. But they were just exploring this new paradigm where you can do it through looking through these goggles and also you can connect a keyboard to it but interacting mostly with like little pinches and taps and twists in the air like minority, and, and minority reports are. and yeah and what you look at and there was there was a twitter thread that one of the guys that worked on the vision pro on the apple like i don't know ux team talked about how they one of the things they had worked on is understanding the stuff that you want to interact with based on like how much your pupils dilate when you look at stuff which is wild that's, yes. that's pretty, like, nuts. Mm. That's basically what it is. I think spatial commu- computing is kind of an interesting thing because, like, it's all the sort of stuff that we already do on our computers and devices just, yeah. like, in 3D space. That was the angle. The angle seemed to be this is a MacBook Pro replacement. It's a MacBook replacement or whatever. It's a computer replacement yeah. rather than they didn't specifically really mention gaming no. much at all. There was a little bit of entertainment stuff, but really yep. it was the thing that kind of screamed was this is just replacing your computer. It's uh, interacting with computer type stuff yep. in this virtual environment. And by virtual, I mean like on the real world for the most part. And and again, another thing to, to point out is it's vision pro. You're looking. It's all these kind of organic words. It's The eyes on the front are called eyesight. It's very real. Like everything is real of all the branding. You're still in the real world, engaging with the real world, as opposed to removing yourself to some kind of virtual, to, to a metaverse. Yep. Like that was like the one of the primary things that stood out is it was not the metaverse. No. And I think this is the interesting thing that they're doing. I, and I didn't fully expect what they were going to do here. So first things first, this thing, there was speculation it was going to cost $3,000. It actually cost 3500 It cost more, US. yeah. It cost more than people expected. Basically everything in it felt like a direct, middle finger to Facebook, yeah, which is interesting. And I was talking about this before. It doesn't really feel like in the past Apple has ever released something where it seems like everything about it is just like a direct rebuke to a product that already exists in the market. Yeah, but I can see from a positioning perspective, it's like Facebook, Meta, whatever, have all this so much negative publicity. We just want to do everything we can to not be lumped in with that. 
Like yeah. We really want to distinguish ourselves from that and differentiate ourselves from that and say, that thing that you already have all of these preconceptions about, we're not that. We're a different thing. Yeah. This is like a, a different device that isn't anything like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That you need to kind of consider it in its own. And to be honest, I actually think they did position it quite well. Yeah. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago now, or even less potentially, I can't remember when it actually happened, that Mark Zuckerberg suddenly came out and seemingly out of nowhere started just talking about the metaverse. Yeah. And this was a little bit ahead of the time that they rebranded the entire company to be called Meta. Mm. You know, he started doing these interviews with all these publications being like, oh, we're actually a metaverse company. And we're all about creating this like fully interactive three-dimensional third space where you can hang out in virtual worlds. Yeah. And it's called the metaverse. And now our company's called Meta, which I think, you know, I'm not 100% calling it, but I feel like that was one of the worst branding decisions in history, if only because now nobody that makes hardware that people like will ever be interested in like buying into this metaverse thing, which was in, in its like original conception, it was meant to be like the metaverse is like the next internet. Yeah. Everyone's going to hang out in these virtual worlds and all these different companies are going to build it. Facebook and Apple and Microsoft and Google and Epic Games and like all these other companies are going to build quote unquote the metaverse. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, why would anyone that's not meta do that, mm. call it the metaverse and just like participate in like a Facebook branding exercise? Yeah. yeah. It just seems really dumb. But you're right. Apart from all the weird branding stuff, Mark Zuckerberg's vision is like, it's all about presence and hanging around in like, 3D space, you go to a meeting and like you and your office mates meet in like the Milky Way yeah. and like one of your office mates comes and he's like Sonic the Hedgehog mm. and that's his real personality and it's just shining through. And yeah, maybe you're talking about spreadsheets, but he's like Sonic the Hedgehog and he's your other mate who's like a, a big weird lizard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this this weird kind of completely detached but also kind of embodying people being present in their own, I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to do. Apple's obviously been like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. We're not interested in that vision. Yeah, yeah. Instead, this is just like the computers you already use. Yeah, it's a better way to interact with the computers you already use. They announced this thing where if you're wearing um, the goggles, you can still appear in FaceTime as like an AI-generated version of your real human face. Yeah, it'll like map it onto your face and like basically it's what you're doing but without the goggles. Yeah, which... Even in their like extremely glossy preview thing, kind of looked weird and unsettling. Mm. But it's clear that they're kind of like, we don't want you to have like a weird 3D avatar. Even though they have like Memoji. Yeah, they have Memoji, but they very much ran away. <laughs> Memoji are not mentioned. In no, the- they don't want you to be like Memojified no. in the goggles. No, it's a real version of you just there. And also, like, very heavily on, like, if you're wearing these things and you're in your spreadsheets and someone walks over to you, you will see them enter yeah, the frame. Yeah, digital space and, like, that, to talk to you. Because like, you are still in the real world. Like, you are still... Yeah, present. Like you're not in metaverse. You're this is you're just- here. You're here. There's you. You're just in like a new. The video they showed had this like classic Apple thing where it's like the long haired dad who's like looks like a California hippie, but he's like tech forward, mm. like the ideal Apple consumer or whatever. Tech dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tech dad. You're, you're you're familiar, I'm sure. And he's like wearing the goggles, and he's like working on like architectural diagrams while at his kitchen bench mm. and then like his kid comes out of nowhere and like kicks a soccer ball at him and he's like whoa and like catches it and kicks it back i don't think that's a little weird but, 
right? Because like, but, but they're trying to represent like, oh, you can use this, but you're not in the metaverse. You're in real the real world. Yeah, yeah. And people can interact with you, and you can see it happen. You're not cut so off. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're using your eyes in and your vision in this world. Totally. I mean, that stuff is always going to be weird, and I think every time they tried to marry the actual interacting with the real world. Situations where it would be weird for a dad to be doing architectural diagrams on his laptop in the kitchen while his kids are mucking around, right? Like that's not exactly where you want to be designing like a bridge or whatever, like, or, you know, the next kind of beautiful kind of home. So just kind of cut to like a bridge collapsing into the river. <laughs> right. All these cards. Like, the funniest one for me was like the, it showed the guy, he was like, camping in the wilderness or whatever mm. and then like he puts on the vision pro and just starts watching ted lasso on like a cinema-sized screen yeah <laughs> i mean I- i'm more bullish on this than i was previously if they can make it less awkward you know i, I do remember saying like a month ago or whatever is the most imaginative thing we can come up with is and it, it is the most imaginative thing that meta and meta stands can come up with is like you get to sit at the most epic gaming computer ever with six screens or whatever. But then the way that Apple showed that was just kind of more of a multitasking thing where they represent it's better user interface, right? They're a, it's Apple, like they're a UX company, basically. They have like your kind of tasks spread around, not as virtual friggin' monitors that, you know, you see like six LGs or whatever in front of you, but just your tasks are more spread out in the real world around you and you can interact with your eyesight between them. That actually kind of felt cool as like, not as big screens, as, but as like big apps. I can see that as actually useful and a better version. And of course, maybe I'm the one who's not imaginative enough. I ridiculed the idea of having six monitors, but now I'm like, oh, oh it's kind of a- six monitors, but yes, the six apps. Yeah, six apps or whatever that are done beautifully in front of you. And, you know, doesn't take a lot of imagination to jump from six monitors to like six apps but apparently maybe i'm not giving myself enough credit i needed my handheld but so did like meta like so like in that every previous iteration of like the productivity version of vr is just having literal six monitors in front of you it's just like oh okay i see you can obviously interact much better with applications when you don't have the constraints of it like a display yeah yeah totally i think it looks cool and it's like really clear that they have They've pumped like $10 billion of R&D into this thing. Yeah, yeah. Everything they've done in terms of their custom chips and their display stuff they do and all that stuff has obviously gone and like found its peak in what they're doing here to the point that that Apple is famous for taking really, really chunky margins on things. Mm. Like, you know, they are earning an absurd amount on every iPhone, on every yeah. MacBook. It's the, it's the thing that makes people look at it and go, oh, you know, you're paying for the brand. Which you are, even though they are like good computers and good phones and whatever, you are paying for the brand. Mm. But I'm pretty certain that in this instance, even at $3,500, I'm sure they're making a margin on it, but I don't think it's like a chunky Apple margin. No, it was a price point that, and I think that a lot of people have had this realization that we kind of balked at when you first heard like a VR headset for three grand, especially when you're thinking in the world of like the context of the time is kind of like Sony PlayStation and yeah, the Oculus kind of stuff. 
now when you look at this and the guts that it has, three and a half grand sounds about right. It if, sounds if, about if right. not cheap. Like, it does. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily like seventeen mean. cameras and like two different fucking process, like an M2 and an R1 or whatever, which is basically an M2 but just made for virtual reality and and the screens themselves yeah, for the sixty. They've got two four K screens with done that are tiny. So like I, I get it. To be clear, that doesn't necessarily mean that I think people are going to like leap at it and buy it on mass at three and a half grand. But like it makes sense for what they're trying to do. I mean, this is the other thing, and we talked about, like, who's going to buy this. I mean, I want one. I now can see it was compelling enough. The use case was compelling enough of, okay, just a better way to interact with a computer. That in itself for me to think that basically any corporation or business that vaguely does content of any sort, I mean, like, from a marketing department, whatever, like, they should buy one. Like, any business should probably buy one. Every business should have an Apple Vision Pro. Well, that has, like, more than... A couple of hundred employees, I think, should have one. Not every cafe or whatever. Every, like, <laughs> every cafe should have a Vision Pro. No. And the guy who's at the at the, the counter serving you should have one. Businesses need to be across it, I think. I get it now. I can see a world in 10 years' time where they're much more ubiquitous. I'm not talking about a world where people are walking down the street with them all the time, but where it actually is more efficient for working and doing meetings, etc. It is more potentially productive and a better experience to work in that space and a place that more and more people may be viewing media, sport, as we mentioned in the sport episode briefly, Mm -hmm. viewing sport, viewing entertainment, et cetera. So like if you're a business that has a few hundred people, yeah, and you produce content of any kind of sort, and as I said, social media, frigging video content, whatever it is, you probably need to get across it. And there'll be enough businesses in the world who are thinking along those lines that will buy them that it'll be very hard to get your hands on them. I actually agree that I think it's going to sell maybe better than people expect and, like, a lot of people are going to want it. And, like, I think supply will probably be pretty limited, maybe artificially, who knows. But, like, I think it will sell a number of units. I don't think it's going to be a failure as a product. Even after looking at it, I was, like, I'm still not totally convinced. This, like, this, like so many, like, Facebook's effort, essentially, is, like, Apple being, like, we need to figure out what is, and we've talked about this on Down Round before, we mm. had an episode about it. The next thing. What's the thing after the smartphone? Yeah. You know, and, you know, the smartphone, I don't necessarily think it's like the fucking Francis Fukuyama end of history of devices, right? And this logically seems like the next thing, but it's like nothing about it that I look at looks so dramatically better that you must do it in this paradigm. I, I think it's, I think it's yeah. a good start. And it's so obvious that they have done this so much better than what the Oculus is and what, oh, yeah, yeah. And what yeah. existing products are. like. They, yeah. if which, any- which we talked about. We're like, are they just going to do the things that everyone else has done but just so much better that it's now compelling? Yeah, and I think that's basically what they've done. They've yeah. been like, this is the same sort of paradigm. As I said, they've directly rebuked the way that Facebook has thought about mm. it. And we talked about this in, in, I think, our Metaverse episode ages ago. Mark Zuckerberg has followed the Metaverse thesis to the T as closely as he can. I wrote about, like, I read that book that Matthew Ball put out, which is like the metaverse and all his essays about how this was working. Like, literally, Mark Zuckerberg's thesis is that gamers are going to be the way that this stuff spreads. Like, mm. gamers are going to get into VR and like wearing headsets, and like the rest of the world is going to follow them. And to be fair, that does align, align with a core down round thesis yeah, yeah. that we, the, yeah. the, of gamers rise up. We yeah. live in a gamers world. Yeah. yeah. Apple has been like, no, we're not even going to mention gaming, really, and that's bullshit. And to be fair, the take-up of Oculus has been, has been pretty pitiful mm. and the existing VR stuff. 
this I don't think is compelling enough yet. It's one of those things like I look at it and I'm like, okay, I can already sense in my head that like the V3, the V4 of this. iPhone 3 was the first iPhone I bought. Yeah. I mean, no. we, didn't, we didn't even have the first iPhone in Australia, much like no. we won't have the first Vision. No, look, it looks like the, the release would be limited. I'm not sure. I didn't check recently, but certainly after the presentation, they didn't even put it on the Apple Australia website because obviously it's not going to be out. And it's like I think this is the first device that they've released in a while where they don't seem to have a launch plan for the for the rest of the world outside the US. Like yeah. they were like it's available in the US to start with. There's yeah, even the you know the iPad launched all at the same time. Mm. So this they clearly know this is not ready in the sense that we know that this is not going to be something that's going to be in everyone's house immediately. Yeah, yeah. We're entering a category that's pretty limited, pretty nascent. When the iPhone came out, everyone already had a phone. Yeah. It was probably it was either a dumb phone or like a shitty early smartphone or whatever, but or a Blackberry. Blackberry yeah. But everyone had something in their pocket. And same with like, you know, the MacBooks and all that sort of stuff. Launching into already, you know, the classic Apple thing. We launch into an already advanced market. And we just do it better and we redefine the paradigm. Yeah. Here they're launching into a market where it's like only nerds use it. Yeah. And yeah. even they It's gonna take convincing as to why you need this thing. Yeah, totally. And I don't I don't think they did that. They had a really conservative vision. There was nothing in their presentation where it was like, oh my God, they've figured out why you would use this. I think if you look at it backwards, like in reverse. After I kind of saw the presentation, I kind of thought about it and I, I read a bunch of like takes on it and whatnot, I looked at my own monitors mm. and they did feel kind of shit and limited. And, and if you can work backwards and you're like, what would the ideal way to interact with a computer be? It wouldn't be a monitor. Basically what I felt like is like, if I had experienced interacting with my friggin' apps and whatever in this augmented way, reality where I kind of, I'm not limited, I'm not confined by hardware and I'm engaging in the space, then moving back to a friggin' monitor, this kind of weird rectangular display in front of me, even though we're so accustomed to kind of a screen, it's obviously not the optimum way to like interact with things. No. Our, our bodies and our minds and everything are, are made to interact with the world and the things around us totally. in a 360 environment. And so my brain kept on kind of coming back to like, I wish I was doing that. <laughs> like, I wish I was interacting in that world where it wasn't constrained by... Uh, all of a sudden, my screens look tiny and shit, basically, Fuck to they, me. They've got to. They've got me. They've they, they made you think everything you currently own is shit. Is shit and I need to. <laughs> yeah. If I truly want to um, visualize with my real eyes in like the real world, I need to like strap goggles onto my head that last for two hours, etc. Yeah. But point being like, I buy it. It's a better way to do things, oh. uh, basically is what I think. So, therefore, if it is a better way to th do things, eventually we will end up there. Yeah, yeah. No, right I, now, it probably won't be that good. No, no, no. And I, I get it. And you're right. Like, they've made probably the best, like, VR, AR, et cetera, pitch that anyone has made to date. Yeah. They obviously have the full force of their brand behind them. And, like, don't get me wrong, the Vision Pro, it, Apple design, it still looks so fucking goofy. Yeah. Uh, and they are, they are clearly aware of the fact that there's like an inherent goofiness to wearing a helmet or like a goggles that cannot be overcome mm. because unlike every other Apple product launch in history, at no point in their presentation did they ever show any Apple executive actually wearing it. Yeah. We didn't have Tim Cook because, I mean, if you could picture Tim Cook wearing that, it, it's goofy. Well, a key, thing, a key thing is that, yeah, when you're wearing it, if you're just in like spreadsheet mode or if you're in a virtual world and you can't see out, the goggles are like 
blank or whatever. But if you're in like AR world where you can see out of your goggles, it's got eyes on it. Your yeah, eyes your are eyes kind of- project on the thing. Your eyes are kind of projected on the front of the goggles. And so that the idea being that people around you like know that you can see because your eyes are projected yeah, on yeah. them. But like two things with this, the Tim Cook not wearing them is one- Apparently, that technology, like, you know, the, the reviewers or whatever who got to actually demo it, that wasn't working. That feature of, like, yeah, having they, the eyes on it wasn't working. They, they didn't want anyone to see that yet. And B, all of the shots of, like, the chick or whatever with her eyes kind of coming into focus on the front of the goggles, they were directly straight on. And there was kind of talk that if you are at even slightly an angle, like, at the end of the day, the goggles are, like, off your face, right? There are a few centimeters. Yeah forward off your face and so the eyes even they've kind of done tricks to make it look like they're deeper in the goggles at the end of the day if you're on an angle you're still going to be able to kind of see the eyes a few centimeters forward yeah so if tim cook's wearing them even with like that beta technology that could look really like those glasses with the eyes attached to springs kind of going boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right I, ding, ding. I don't i don't think yeah it doesn't strike me as a huge vote of confidence because, you know, say what you will about Apple or whatever, they have really firmly established themselves as kind of a luxury brand that is cool and whatever. Mm. We've talked about the fact that Zoomers, none of them use Androids because they consider like their friends that have green bubbles to basically be like lepers mm. that ought to be exiled from society. Yeah, great branding. Great branding. Apple managed to convince the world that AirPods looked good. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, I know that there's going to be stigma around the goggles. There was stigma around AirPods. Yeah, and they rightfully look- so, because to this day, I think AirPods kind of look stupid as hell. Yeah, but no one... That's they don't care because everyone, everyone has them. They've integrated. I do think the goggles are a bigger challenge, but I think there's like a, a certain lack of confidence that they've clearly had long, arduous meetings in yeah. the marketing department where they're like, if anyone sees Tim Cook wearing these things... That's game over, buddy. Oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> there are just going to be too many screenshotable moments where he looks yeah. ridiculous or looks dystopian he's, he's, or whatever. He's, he's got a weird little smile on his face. And, and it'll become a meme, right? Like Tim yeah. Cook in the goggles will become a meme all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They denied everyone memeable moments. That's sad. To me, that's sad. And here's the killer app for me. The big criticism people had is there was a kind of a scene of Tech Dad. It was Tech Dad at his kid's birthday with the goggles on filming the birthday. Because one of the big things is you can kind of experience videos shot in 3D, you can experience them on the goggles. Yeah. Is like a big selling point. And they showed a bit of sport and whatnot that, you know, you can experience sport as if you're in the surround, as if you're in the stadium. Yeah, you're, in the, you're in the front row. You're the in the front row of the basketball game or whatever. The box seats next to Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or may- maybe an even better comparison for Apple is you're at um, Inter-Miami game at the MLS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, watching Messi run around the court or whatever. Yeah, with The field, sorry. Yeah, with your subscription, percentage of your subscription going to him. Yeah. So you got the dad at the party wearing them and everyone's like, oh, that's weird. That's like the Microsoft moment where the woman at the Microsoft AI announcement was like, and I used... Bing's AI to write a speech from my daughter's valedictorian party that I planned the whole thing. It's like, that is just, <laughs> we hate that. Like, <laughs> that's alien behavior. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah, non-human behavior. You get to write your wedding vows or something. Yeah, exactly. Like this amazingly meaningful moment at, for, at a valid, like no one has a valedictorian party to start with, like let alone. And you like, let Bing write it? Yeah, exactly. What the? Yeah. Anyway, so Apple's moment of that was, yeah, 
tech dad filming the kids. But I actually think, and I feel like some of the parents, the parent downies, the da- will feel me on this. Downy dads. This is the thing I withheld from you. I was like, I have an opinion on this, and we didn't discuss it before the pod because I wanted to drop it on you now. Okay, I'm ready. For parents, that is the killer app. Think about right now, like I have videos of my kids or whatever mm-hmm. that we already look back on when you know, my four-year-old was two and be like, how insanely cute was this, blah, 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 blah. There's no videos of me as a kid. And, and I'm sure that, you know, my mom would be like, oh, you know, I wish I had some video of me as a kid. And especially our generation who does friggin' film their children and take photos of their children and are already living in the two years past, taking videos of your kids in a 3D environment and then reliving it, if we agree to the idea that in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, 20 years' time, it'll be far more normal to kind of witness entertainment and witness memories and whatever in 3D because 3D cameras will be ubiquitous. Then you want to capture right now, your kids right now, and relive it in this 3D world, not as a freaking divorced dad energy, but just like it would be shit if the whole way we're inter- interacting with entertainment and we're interacting with the family holiday that we had three months ago or a year ago or two years ago, three years ago, the family trip to Europe five years ago is all kind of 3D because just all of our phones and everything has an integrated 3D camera and we can kind of just, that's a fun way to interact with it. Like, Why do I have to like pull up within my goggles a 2D version oh, video yeah, yeah. of my daughter when she was four, when she no, was No, no, and I can see the pipeline there because, yes, you can now watch 3D videos on the Vision Pro when you when you get one, but almost guaranteed the next iPhone will have a 3D camera. Yeah, for sure. And they're going to be like, well, if you want to view that, you're going to need in in like a, a proper context. I actually don't know how else you're going to watch it. No, um, you're going to have to get the Vision Pro or the or probably more likely they'll release the Vision, the Vision that's a thousand bucks cheaper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's part of it as well. They are selling a product that's not ready in terms of like manufacturing processes, materials, yeah. technology, which is like a big swing for them because they've never, as far as I'm aware, they've, they haven't released like a pro version before they've released like the entry-level version. Yeah, totally. Um, like where they've released the expensive one and then released the cheap one later down the track. Yeah. I don't think they've done that before. So it, it's like a weird big swing for them to be like, we're releasing the really cool forward-looking futuristic version that's probably too expensive for most of you. Yeah. But is what we think is the next paradigm of computing or whatever. Yeah. But I think that they also released this. Another point is like a lot of people talk about having motion sickness and blah, 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 blah. Apparently at 60 frames per second, it's fine for 98% or 99% of people won't get motion sickness at that refresh rate. And also like a lot of VR things, you have um, vignetting, you know, it's kind of, it's not, fully wrap around these screens the 4k screens can completely you're fully immersed like there is no edges your your um, peripheral vision is still filled it feels more normal the cameras and the processor and everything is fast enough so that you're actually staring at screens but you feel like you're not a couple of reviews i said uh, i read did seem that in points they felt a tiny bit of like lag here and there but a lot of reviews also said that they didn't yeah the point being to me, it feels like they basically had this baseline of the refresh rate or whatever has to be fast enough. It has to be full wraparound. It has to be this kind of resolution, blah, 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 blah. Once we meet that, we release a product. Like yep. we're not releasing a product that 50% of people can't wear because they get motion sickness yep. or whatever it is. And they've kind of hit that point. They're entering the category. It has to be pitched at pros because as you say, there's no current market really for it. But for everyone who like 
does agree that this is the future of computing in one way or another, they need to be in the space. I don't know. It does make sense for me now. I've been won over. The presentation won me over. You're fully into it. Get the goggles on me. If we agree that in the future, this will be a better way to interact than screens, then it will be the future. Then that means that Apple need to be playing a part in it. And so should everyone go out and get them? No, of course not. I think it'll, in the short term, it's more like an iPad. It's one of these things that you just strap on to watch Netflix or whatever. Like if you're a really big soccer fan, you can watch the American friggin' soccer league next year with Messi and be like, wow, it's sick. Um, Right there. I actually think the iPad is a, a funny example because I feel like that was Apple's last bet on what the new paradigm of computing would be. Mm. Like there was clearly a point where they thought, and you know, this was Steve Jobs era because he, he announced the first iPad or whatever. They were like, okay, the iPhone is huge. And there was all that stuff about how they actually had thought of the iPad first in terms of like a multi-touch touchscreen thing. And then they were like, oh my God, this could be a phone, mm. blah, blah, blah. But there was clearly a point when they launched the first iPad and like over the years where they were introduced, they were like expanding the capabilities of it, also making the Mac a bit more like an iPad in terms of mm. in terms of some of the interactions and things like that and like visual design where they were kind of like, okay, we've got it. The next phase of computing is like touch screen yeah. iPads. You all walk around with these ultra thin displays that you can do whatever on. And also from a business sense, it made way more sense for them because everything's locked via the app store totally but that turned out to not really play out i I honestly think like i think the ipad's probably obviously a great business for apple they make a bunch of money from it there are a lot of ipads around but i think it's basically like a, a failure as a product i disagree i don't use the ipad and it certainly doesn't work for me but i actually think that the ipad pro i think that the macbook line is like os x mac operates that's the dead product line I think that is like a big, old, clunky, to be fair, that's the one I use every day. I mean, I use my phone more, I guess, but um, it's still right now, it's imperative that you use a MacBook, but they're slowly, but surely, finally, like Final Cut and Logic and whatever are on the iPad. On the iPad, you can you got, you can use a cursor and you can use a keyboard and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. They're trying to do multitasking. I think that in their mind, it's OS X that's dead. And they want to slowly push everyone over onto a version of an iPad Pro and like let OS X wither and die. And that's kind of the old world. That's at least what I am. And I agree with you that right now that the iPad for 99% of people who buy them is just like a thing to watch Netflix in bed on, which is not really an essential product. But I can see them attempting to like over time push everyone towards like that that is the operating system of so, the future. So I don't think so because I, I think that they wanted to do that and now they've kind of, and they've like faffed around for a while. They've also like split the iPad and iOS like operating systems. Yeah, the, the launch and now it's called iPadOS yeah. and they've done nothing with that. Like, it, I mean, they introduced some iPad specific stuff with multitasking or whatever. Mm. Haven't really done a whole lot with it. It turns out that most people that use iPads regularly are, yes, people who are in like graphic design fields that can use it to draw shit or like basically boomers yeah definitely not it's no. not possible to do serious work on an ipad sorry yeah it's yeah. just not no and so i actually think that they've like pursued that path been like when can we start merging mac and ios that's kind of turned up blank it turns out people still really like their macbooks and their yeah. desktops and stuff yeah but and they, they like but, to keep but what features do we, we we don't get features on 
on OS. Like we don't get features on our Mac. No, no. A lot of the ones that just get introduced from iOS anyway. Yeah. But I think this is all feeds into the fact that they're like, okay, we need to do something else. And this is what they've come out with. Yeah. This is like the vision thing. I'm not completely sold that it's like, as I said before, that it's like ready to go. No. Um, and they're obviously introducing it in like a really unusual way. We introduce it to a market who are either have never even thought about owning this sort of thing or have used an Oculus and be like, eh, you know, this is cool for a certain number of things, but I certainly wouldn't use it as my like daily driver yeah, and yeah. be like, it seems to me the main goal of this is to like smack through the gates as a as the only thing people think about when they think about VR. That's their goal. Their goal is to be like Facebook Meta have attempted to make virtual reality work. It hasn't. Like, well, it's also got to be good, right, is the yeah. goal. If it is really good, if it genuinely is, you put it on, you start doing your work on it and you're like, oh, this is better, then it'll work. Yeah. Then it'll work. Like if you're more productive, it's a better way to interact with computers. It's a better way to do meetings, which Oculus has proven it's not, yep. right? Like it's it's not better, it's worse. Then it will eventually work. If it's not, like if you're right, if it is kind of iPad-y, which is, okay, it is better to watch video on, but it's just kind of too much of a hassle to have this thing that I have to charge that what's next to my bed, I can't really take it with me because yep. it's clunky. And so I'm only using it in really specific cases to watch the American soccer. Then yeah, of course it won't work. But I come back to the fact that spatial computing is better than computing. It's two words, first of all, <laughs> and it's got space in it. Yeah, right. And so if that's the case, then it's inevitable. I'm like, as, as I said, I think it looks really like a cool cool toy. You're, like a cool, you're on the toy side. I'm, I don't know, if it, but it's just like, you know, I think that maybe the V3, V4 of this will be great. Now, I'm not paying for V1 with my own money. You're going to expense it. I'm going to expense it. But, for one of your various ventures. But V3 or V4, yeah, I can see myself buying it. Uh, you're walking into the Apple store day one, smacking your black Amex I'm, down on the table and I'm, saying, give me five, I'm baby. paying someone to like stand in line for me yeah. and then taking their spot. Absolutely. See you there. Downround is now a premium podcast. You can subscribe to our premium offering at downround.net for $7 a month or $70 a year if you're bargains inclined. And you get not only the episode that you get every week, but one additional one every single week, $7 a month. It's a great bargain. We go deep on... This is a terrible (laughs) No, it's fine. You're right. We go deeper on the issues. We say more crazy shit. Yeah, exactly. Is that if you want to hear us say stuff that's basically balls to the wall, maybe even illegal, maybe illegal, downround.net, you'll find us there. <laughs>